Welcome to Office 365 Distill. A podcast about Office 365 and single model. Hey Moran! What up? Number 20! Oh, the big 2-0. Who the fuck would think we'd get to 20? True. I... And when did we record our first one? That should be almost a year ago, I guess. I could find out. Oh. Mm. Let's get a date from yeah. the file. That's uh-huh. a really... Because we should have a birthday edition. Yes. We could have a birthday yes. edition. Yes. Let's have a think. Distilled. I think it was around October somewhere. It was. So... And the oh. properties of the file for episode one are... Very tempting. 22nd of October. Oh, okay. So we still got some time. Left. Yeah, we got a month. We should have oh, a birthday okay, edition. Okay, okay. Yeah, because the 28th, that's just right before we leave to Ignite. It is. So should we have our birthday at Ignite? Yeah, but then we'll be old. We'll be a year and five days. True. But maybe we should have a birthday party at Ignite. Yes. Oh, should, well. we, should we talk to a baker to bake us a cake? A one-year cake or something. Well, we said we were going to do something. We said we were going to have a sort of drink up somewhere and a whiskey tasting somewhere. Maybe, yeah, because to be honest, cake is not really our distilled thing, of course. No. The only good thing about a cake would be to throw it at each other at the end of the night and have a food (gasps) fight. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) That sounds tempting. Food fight, food fight. You're busy on the Sunday, aren't you? You've got an MVP day, is that right? Is that what you told me, or am I completely fantasizing about that? Uh, oh, yes, yes, I do. Yes, exactly. There you go, you see. There is a pre-day uh, on Ignite. So there are a number of pre-days, uh, but there's also one for the MVPs. I have no idea what, the, what it will be about. That's okay. Um, so I need we'll to see. find something fun to do. Yeah. So there's tons of fun things to do in Florida. What did I do last time? I did the skydiving thing, didn't I? I fly. You did the, <sighs> the indoor skydiving thing, that yes. Was and that looked, nice. that looked very cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Coolest thing I've done oh. for a long, long time. Yeah, I'm getting excited about Orlando. Good. But we got lots to talk about before then. Yes, yes. So if you are, I think we can properly announce it right now. So if you are in the neighborhood of uh, Brussels on the... uh, (laughs) Okay, listen, folks, while you're still working this out, you need to know that he's had his hair cut. (laughs) And it's obviously affected his ability to remember things. Not that again. Moraine has a man bun. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And the worst part of it is oh. he said, I've been thinking about doing this for a month and he still didn't talk himself out of it. No, <laughs> no, no, I know. I've, I've been following the wrong people on Instagram, I guess. No, so. actually, I have to say, folks, it does look pretty cool. Yeah. If well, I was female, I sure I'd be going, oh, Miranda looks sexy. <laughs> pull my button. Pull, pull my, my button. button. Yeah, behave yourself. <laughs> behave yourself. So, if you're in uh, Brussels or around Brussels on the 19th of October, that is where the SharePoint Saturday Brussels is happening. There are still places left on the event. I think and I nope. heard them a few days ago still saying yeah, you can register. Not that many, probably, because uh, it's, it's all... I think the SharePoint Saturday in Belgium is one of the biggest ones that I've ever attended. 
Oh wow. The the crowds that we get same with the Netherlands. Uh I think we get really decent number of people. All right. Cool. Oh. Well, check it out. Uh bywig.be I guess on their website. Uh, yeah, or sbsevents.org. Yeah, but we will be doing a uh, official live podcast. Official live there. podcast. Yes. Crapping yourself? Uh, almost. Almost. Yes. Almost. So it's gonna be. Hmm. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, this is where I bring my stand-up comedy skills to the fore. Oh boy! And you try and keep up with me. Oh boy! Oh okay. boy! Okay, okay. But we will okay. be tasting a whiskey. I think we've. I, I threw this idea out earlier, but I don't know whether you liked the mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. But I thought we'd do two whiskeys. Yes. I could do a. I thought I'd do an Irish non-smoked. I might just get a bottle of Writer's Tears, which we still haven't tasted yet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe you could. Uh, I can do a smoky Isla one. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. All Let's right. do that. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. That should be. Uh, quite historic or a catastrophe. <laughs> One of the two. Go big or go home. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And tonight we have an incredible. <laughs> actually, I say it's incredible. We've got something different. We've got the first. Watch rye. out for your long. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, what, one of the things we've been saying for months is I need a longer microphone cable. And yeah. uh, I keep walking away and try pulling the boxes behind me. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to taste tonight a very, very special whiskey. This is uh, a rye whiskey. It's a small batch rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything from the Kilbegan is actually small batch. Um, but it's the first rye whiskey in 100 years out of Ireland. Wow. They beat a few other people to the... So uh, this is history that we're going to taste history. later on. And uh, as you can see, I have started it. But, uh, Barely. But I've been waiting Barely. six months. Barely. Yeah. yeah. Six months for this. When it first released, I think it was April time, March, April time, we mm-hmm. said on the last podcast. And uh, yeah, I never got to pick one up. But uh, as I said, I got a man that was in Ireland and uh, sent him a picture. He did tell me, he said, I went into a whiskey shop and I got the picture and went, I want a bottle of this. He went, oh yeah, we got one of those. And and here it is. Nice. Okay. Cool. Nice. Nice. But we're on part two of our journey. Oh yes, yes, yes. So the premise was that we were be we we would be talking about uh, the whole uh, baseline governance thing, and we would uh, we we've taken in um, yeah a company in the pharmaceutical business uh, yeah. sector, uh, and we were talking about how we would do our baseline governance. Uh, for that. Yeah, so we uh, we described what baseline government was, that gut feel, so that yeah. when your mm-hmm. customer starts talking to you about, shall we do teams? You know, you've already got some idea in your mind. So yeah. we started this in part one, which we'll, uh, I'm still mixing down and preparing, but we're close. Mm-hmm. That will be out soon. Yeah, sure. So we talked about Sway. Yeah. We talked about OneDrive We talked about Sway, yes. Very briefly and only, we, we actually only talked about what Sway maybe isn't really Funny enough, um, I was with the family earlier and uh, and Sarah was around and um, she said, I remember you because she was obviously listening to me mixing it down over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Went, I, said, okay. I heard you sort of dissing Sway. I like Sway. Sway's cool. She did? Yeah, yeah, because we were talking about the fact that why would I use Sway when I've got PowerPoint? That was our wording from the yeah, podcast. True, true. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, so and we talked and about I have OneNote. To, I have to say, I was listening to uh, something uh, earlier this weekend, and I kind of came to the word uh, scrolling telling. Um, oh, yes, you did. Scrolling that. telling is uh, creating focus points and visual cues 
and to break up your content and and have some uh yeah navigation to accommodate all that and then i was thinking that is what sways i still have no clue why i would use it or why i would use that instead of powerpoint but that's scrolling telling that's what it is well Two things came to mind when I was uh, working this weekend because I was starting to work on the ShareCon 365 presentation mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I'm doing on, uh, uh, what am I doing it on? Uh, strategy around messaging and communications using Office 365. Do awesome. I message somebody? Do I email them? Do I phone them? Do I uh, whatever? And actually the whole governance around that. And uh, I mind map things a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have a few mind mapping programs, but I was in the car and I didn't really want to pull the uh, keyboard out and stuff. So yeah. I actually used the Microsoft Whiteboard app, and I just did a uh, a mind map manually, and okay, it actually was cool. quite creative. Um, it actually was quite stimulating in terms of where I wanted to, and I was adding notes onto it today. Okay. And, uh, so okay. anyway, yes. So so this whole idea. So that was the first thought I had that you know you have the ability to do different things. And the second thing I had was with Sway, was you can drop a bunch of text in there and let it go. True. You can will... just put your Word document of 15 pages, you can just drop it into Sway and it will make it a nice 15-page Sway. Sway. So I, I still, I still but, don't see why. Well, but thing I was, what I was thinking about was no. it at least gives you some creativity ideas. Um, but then again, as I was thinking about that yes. just now, of course... Office 365, power, uh, sorry, Pro Tools also now has this discovery thing. What do they call it in PowerPoint when it sits there and makes suggestions? Oh, on the, the right design, uh, the design feature, yeah, the design feature, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is, I guess, driven by the same engine as Sway, of course, probably. I've got no idea. Nor me. Mm. I got, I've got something else. I've not got any idea about either. Um, is Kazala. Which do we have on our list to discuss? No, we didn't put it on our list because it was going to be incorporated into teams. Uh, teams. Yeah, but I was one of the things that I, I'm going to find out in uh, Ignite is how it separates off the accounts and the data. So I I I can have a Kazala account on my phone, yeah. which is a different login ID to my Office 365. I can connect to my Office 365 Kazala group. Okay. But I don't have to register as an external user. Oh. But I can post an image on my phone with my different account, and it can be viewable both by one and the other. And I really want to understand how it separates that content in terms of security and stuff. I do oh, know yeah. for certain that all of the compliance and policy stuff is still maintained, so all, your, all of that mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of protection. So, yeah, one of the things is I just literally want to get really behind the scenes on that because I think it's a, it could well be a neat way to get external access without having to go through the pain of external accounts as a, that, yeah. as a baseline governance thing. Hey, mm -hmm. you want to do external access? We've got to set up this and set up that and set up the other. Or, listen, we can just set up some Kazala accounts because it's secure and I now know why. So, so there's nothing okay. else I want to do with okay. Kazala. And wow. we also did all the Outlook stuff and OneNote stuff. So yeah. we've already done that, yeah. which leaves us with... A bunch of other things. A bunch of yeah. other things. So, so, what are we going to start with? Let's do Stream. Stream. Stream, the video solution, the in-house YouTube. My gut feel about Stream is primarily that it will give me a video platform for me to use on my SharePoint pages. Um, well, that, yes, that's where yes I always and, think about that. Yes and no. Uh, I recently did a, a really uh, short proof of concept 
project for a customer, a two-day project. Um, and I have to say, uh, storing video on stream is quickly getting really expensive because it's not on your uh, the rest of your like SharePoint shared uh, space. It's it's got its own space, and you don't get a lot of it of that space. No, but that's part of the cost of the business, isn't it? So I hey, know, I want but a it heavy is video getting usage. it is getting very pricey very quickly. There was if a, you want to store a lot of videos on. There and, was a tweet from Phil Wirrell the other day mm-hmm. when we were asking about what subjects we wanted to include in some of our future podcasts. Okay, and one of the things he was talking about was how do consultants and contractors deal with these sudden price increases. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. getting right where, you know, Microsoft he's, need to make money, of course. I know, I know. Yeah, I know what, what he's talking about. I know he's talking about the whole Flow and Power Apps uh, price exactly. uh, jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Stream's the same. You you expect your storage to be in there, and all of a sudden you run out of capacity to, to put your videos in. Yes. But it really depends on whether you're a big video company or a small video company. And Baseline Governance says hey, I'm just going to use it for doing the videos in my SharePoint pages. True. Which, no, yeah. which isn't a YouTube product, which is what they sell it as, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that's my baseline. At the end of the day, I want to put videos in. I want to put some context. I'm not sure that I would set up video channels, but maybe maybe the, somebody else will, of course. No. But Well, for our, for our pharmaceutical company, what I really would want to use Stream for is uh, definitely for meetings to record meetings. Yes. Um, to maybe do some uh, vlogging as well, so that the CEO uh, can do some uh, speak to the troops, as it were. Um, broadcast and recording your broadcast. Something True, like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that would be the the main uh, thing. I wouldn't put um, a lot of other videos on it. Interesting enough, we, though, in my farmer. Mm-hmm. Of course, they also do a lot of recording and videos about uh, chemical analysis and about the effects of drugs as they're doing yeah. recording. Interviews so we with might people. find for the farmer mm-hmm. it's a big service. But let's talk about what we're going to plan on doing later. What we said we'd do later is look at these applications one at a time and look at some scenarios on how you might use it yes. and configure it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's not dig down too no, deep. No, no, true, true, true. No, 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 no that's fine. Stick to the uh, baseline governance. It's yeah. almost as if we want to find a good use for stream. Yeah, it's almost like it's a, a sway thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I get that. I get Time that. and place. No, no, I get that. No, so uh, what, what do you need to uh, worry about uh, for stream? So for stream... Capacity um, then with the sounds of things and storage capacity. Capacity is definitely a, a cost thing. effort. Yes. Um, so also in stream, there's not a lot of things that you can configure. So what you can configure is um, uh, the groups that you want to use. So you can quickly create new groups. And you can create channels. So you those can. are things like structure-wise, some things that you need to uh, look at. Okay, so let's focus on the baseline. Sorry mm-hmm. to keep to keep saying, I know mm-hmm. some of this is pretty no, cool stuff. Absolutely, but, but that's, from a that's baseline perspective, it. I'm going to look at it. For me, I want to use it to host videos yeah. rather than provide a video streaming service. Yes. Because I think that would be a specific. And I think you're right. I think we've probably got a good 20-minute conversation to have on, uh, oh, on how we can use stream. Yes. Yes. But it is a kind of underrated though, isn't it? Uh, it is. And also I haven't seen any uh, real big new things coming out like the past year. No, but Stream is like one of those hidden things where the technology is what makes it in that, you know, deciding 
what the stream, which is where it gets named from, bandwidth to your device, regardless mm-hmm. of how much I have on the server. If you only need... It is, it is a cool thing. Yeah, it it so. definitely is a cool right. thing. But with the rise of video, the, the capacity thing, I think, can get in the way. All right. I'm going to choose a really interesting one, search. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. This, to me, is only just actually appeared in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Don't know about whether you saw it appear last month or so. I saw, yes. Which... As much as I love Miss Moneypenny, she said for certain that it was available worldwide last Ignite. So I signed up for it and it didn't come out until about six weeks ago in Belgium. Uh, we, we already had so many stories about Microsoft not delivering on time on their yeah, promise. And that's okay. That's okay. We get it. However, Agile and stuff like that. We get that. It is pretty awesome. It is. Baseline governance again. Um, this has got a little bit of a delve to it for me. So yep. I search on Bing. Y- yes. And then I start to get results back from my company, Office 365, mixed up with all the results. No, it's not really mixed up. It's, it's, it's there's on the a, same page. It's on the same page, but there's a, yeah, more or less a, a, a nice visual distinction. So from an end user, they're going, yes, hey, I get that. shit, yes. that f- that new drug of ours is already on Bing search out there and it, we've obviously had a leak. Blah. Yeah. So clear communication like yes. Delve needs to be spot on. Yeah. So here's but a prediction. In, in, in Belgium, it's not going to be a problem because nobody uses Bing here anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true, no. actually. Um, but so here's a prediction. There'll be a little sign underneath that says, you only see the data you're allowed to see. Underneath yep. the results soon, because I, I can see that being the uh, the mm-hmm. next interesting comment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, search. But search for Office 365 is really, really superb. Even straight out of the box, you kind of trust it and you assume it. The interface sure. to it now, yep. it's on the top of all the Pro Tools stuff. Mm-hmm. If you've mm-hmm. not got that yet, yeah. it's due to be released very, very shortly. If you're on yeah. pre-release, you can already see it. Yeah. So, so my, back to my, our baseline governance thing. Just roll it out yeah. as it is and then spend some time working out what you want to get from it and we'll develop it over the year. Okay. So just turn it on or leave it on and just let it grow, go with do the, the flow. monitoring. Yeah. Okay. Best bets are back as well with it. So you know the old 2010 best bet search, 2007 yeah, 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 best yeah, yeah. bet search? Yeah. It's now out of the box as a, yeah. a standard. It's, it's uh, quite That's neat. very cool. Search. So what do you want to do next? Mm, let's do forms. I think forms, forms can be a can be a, a good one for uh, for any company actually. Yeah. My mock teams sit there and go, "Oh no, we don't need to do forms. We'll do that in phase 2. It's not a priority. It's not a focus." Oh, but the, no. I I don't agree with that because forms is so stupidly easy to Simple. use. Uh the only uh the only thing that you might need to explain is if you want to share it, if you want to share it inside the company or share it also outside of the company. That's the only thing that you need to tell people to be wary of. Do you know now that it's a default dropdown on every single SharePoint library? Yeah. So I need to open a new Word, PowerPoint, form. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It is pretty cool. It also means I don't need to have it on the waffle anymore. 
then now I can just serve it as a team application or as a OneDrive application. So I don't need to do a separate training for forms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just get on and use it. Yep. Although it did take me a little while to find out how to get the form back after you've saved it the first time. Because it just oh, saves yeah. it as an Excel file mm-hmm. in your OneDrive. You pop it open and you see the results. And when you eventually work out which which um, which button which ribbon it yeah. is, you mm-hmm. find a little button that says preview form and you're good to aha, go. Aha. So that took me a little while. So yeah. there you go, mock teams when you need to. But forms, no brainer, huge absolutely. return. Yes. Huge return. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All those SharePoint and, surveys that yeah. you'll never need to create ever again. Yeah, but also also the, the other pro- uh, products that you probably have or that your marketing marketing team is using uh anyway so you can you can just use this and you can use it for like these super small uh silly uh, stupid things polls on your web pages wor- worldwide company wide whatever wide yeah. uh things pretty so, cool yeah so baseline governance wise just also yeah turn it on forget it yeah maybe have like a, a five minute minute video for people like okay do this 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 and this and done um, yeah, click, click, just click, like done. some explanatory little video, whatever. Uh, no but just, yeah, absolutely. Leave it on. Yeah, leave it there. I wonder so, whether that was a big disappointment for Microsoft Forms. You know, they, they went, hey, we got a new form, and they made a big splash of it when it first came out. It had limited mm-hmm. capability. And now it's kind of just burrowing down and becoming just another application, another PowerPoint application, it's another It's become Word a commodity. Commodity, I suppose that makes it yes. really special, yeah. actually. Yeah. And now you've got Forms Pro as well. So you can actually pay more money and get more pro features. Pay but more money. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. But still, I think the base uh, Forms product is, is pretty awesome uh, out of the box as it goes. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what does next Pro up? get you? Sorry? What does Pro get you? You know, we'll follow that up on another podcast. Yes. All right. Uh, you chose forms, did you? Yeah. Let's go with Office Client. Yes. All right. Good. Um, that's it then. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what do I want to say about this? So uh, baseline governance, do we do web applications or do we do client applications? One of the really gut feel decisions. Yes. So do uh, we take E1 licenses or E3 or E5, you mean? Exactly, the yes. license okay. question. Yeah. The second thing is how good is your Windows 10 team and, and your apps team? So yes. if, if they're into ultra, ultra high security, then mm-hmm. this has to go through a test process, so they're not yeah. going to allow you to auto-update it. Yeah. If you have a team that kind of trusts Microsoft then you'd say, you know, go for the client. It's a no-brainer. We'll reset the site to open in the client apps, all the power, all the functionality, all the features. Yeah, And those and features I, are growing. Like I know, I know, I know. And I just want to add two more things there. So uh, one is choose on which rollout cadence you want to be. So do you want to be on monthly? Do you want to be on uh, six-monthly? So it used to be monthly. Then mm-hmm. they stopped. And they made it six monthly because companies were complaining. We can't keep up with the updates. The problem is that Microsoft are now trying to get everybody back to monthly again because now Microsoft can't do their change process as quickly because of the six months cadence. So cadence is important. Yes, absolutely. And the other one was also um, how to roll it out. If you're a pharma company with uh, presence worldwide, uh, lots of people involved, how do you want to roll out uh, those uh, office tools uh, to everyone? 
I really don't know. What is really interesting is that I'm not entirely sure we're recording anymore. Oh, yes, we are. But I've lost our little LED ladder, so I was getting a bit confused then. Oh, okay. So, oh, we're not seeing our little markers going red up and down. But it is recording. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right, well, we'll assume it is. We'll find out later whether we have another screw-up on the cards or not. I was also going to add, uh, when you talk about cadence, to make sure you have a group of testers. Yeah. So you have people yeah. mm-hmm. literally on the not quite inside a high profile, high risk, mm-hmm. but you have some techies there to sort of give you an and advance warning. Not only techies, but also people on the on the floors, because uh, a project that I was on a few years ago, um, we were ready to roll out the new office uh, clients until somebody said, "Okay, but here on our floor, we're actually using." A, um, I'm, I'm always struggling to find the exact words that it's she you was... because you had your hair cut, mate. Your memory's gone. <laughs> I guess so. But she said, uh, we have some uh, business-critical macros running on Excel uh-huh, uh-huh. here. And so before you roll these out, make sure that you test these. Yes. Also, of course, if you're running macros, you can't run the web version. So yes. the web, the web yes. access won't Important do that. Important one. Important. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we got a, a bunch of that on a project I'm dealing with at the moment with the old tactical tools thing mm-hmm. and uh, as we migrate from in, into OneDrive and, and one or two other things. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. All yeah. right, client apps. Cool. There seems to be lots more to say about client apps. Um, uh, Insight and uh, My Analytics, new features in Outlook Client which is all the old Cortana stuff now comes through with something called Insights. Mm-hmm. So you need to prepare people for the email telling you what you thought you already knew, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. hey, you uh, asked this question, but I haven't seen a response yet, Yeah. Uh, and, which is well, quite yeah, nerve-wracking. That whole analytics thing is tightly coupled with Delph. So if you turned off the graph access, then uh, the My Analytics won't work. So it will not uh, no, appear. But the, my insights, insights and my analytics, they are two different options. And, ins- yeah. and my analytics sure. has just been rolled out now to E3. Yeah. So it's uh, it's appearing. Yeah. And but I'm, you- I'm just saying, so I know a few uh, organizations that turned off uh, the graph technology because they can't comprehend what it is, uh, basically. And um, so my analytics doesn't work if you turn off graph uh, service. That's yeah, all. and yeah. Um, GDPR, there's mm-hmm. some specific things that are collected that you need to make sure your GDPR policies uh, are not going to come and get you unstuck, which yeah. really depends how much your compliance team care because sometimes you can just <laughs> run reports and say, hey, we've collected this, mm-hmm. and other times they say, no, we want to show that we haven't collected this. Yeah, And, and Microsoft allow you to turn certain things off. Yeah. Because we're in pharma, I think the compliance team will, they will care. They might, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, next on. All right. Power um, platform. Yeah, let's do that one. Let's start yeah. on a, on a positive, let's end on a positive and that's not the one to end on. <laughs> so what do we mean by power platform? We basically mean flow and power apps. And power BI. And power BI. Yes. Okay, go. That was quick. Um, I... I'm Baseline struggling. Governance. I'm struggling with the fact to to turn it on immediately for everyone. All right. 
Uh, we've got a long conversation to have on this, so let's just be a little let's careful. Let's do that another but time. How but do yeah. you turn it's... off flow? You don't. You so can't. You can't. You can't. No, there's we... absolutely no way to do that. Yes. Okay. The doggy is having a real good fun because he's looking at your uh, man bun and going, oh, I can <laughs> chew that. Bring that over here and I can chew that. Um, but there you go. Just pop the door open, would you? And uh, the, the, I had to try and cut the dog out barking last time. Are you coming in or not, boy? Hey, Wendy, Wendy. No? No. Why would I want to come in when I can bark at the door and piss you off? Doesn't matter. She won't come in. There, buddy. That's Wendy. So, Wendy, you can obviously hear in the background. And as we're standing by the door, she's going to bark away. Okay. And uh, at which point I'll go and lock her up if she becomes a real pain in the ass. Sure. So you can't turn flow off. You can't turn flow off. Uh, there no are some controls you, you can do. So we, we yes. do need to uh, perhaps talk about that. Yeah. So you can decide what connectors people can use. So one of the yeah. things for my, go- my baseline governance on this mm-hmm. is only allow flow for SharePoint yeah. to start off with. Yeah. So you need to find a way, and there is a way, of saying no flow in Exchange mm-hmm. and um, only in SharePoint. So that's although it might be useful to have it for exchange as well, so that you can get emails when something happens to a document. Or so you can still do so. that. Yeah. But what you can't do is kick off flows from exchange if you you limit it or you can't. Uh, okay. Kick, so yeah. you can still yeah. do the emailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason that so one uh, one yeah one of the uh, examples that I always use when I demo it is that when I get an email in with high priority with attachments, I save the attachments in OneDrive, for example. Yes, that's now a flow. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great example. The, the other thing and the reason why I would turn it off is during the migration of your email accounts, mm-hmm. you don't really want people to start flows around because it oh, can yeah. cause you all mm-hmm. kinds of issues. Yeah, yeah. So true. you need to, so my gut feel, my baseline is, hey, let's start off with SharePoint mm-hmm. and expand from there. And I guess the other thing to consider is whether I have an existing uh, workflow tool that I'm replacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I should, we should also talk about costs. Because yeah. Microsoft have just changed the pricing model. Yeah. So uh, if you don't have a lot of users, but you have a lot of workflows, you need to budget yeah. money. And if you also want to use certain functionalities, then, yeah. Yes. And isn't it funnily enough, the... Base the split of functionalities that you pay money for are those that you're likely to use most of all. Of course, of course. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense to do that. But then it's interesting enough. You end up thinking about what are the third-party workflow tools that I might want to use because now if I have to pay Mm -hmm. Microsoft, it's kind of uh, okay. It's back to actually doing a comparison. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So then, uh, Power Apps. Um, Same thing, more or less. Um. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. What? Yeah. Just yeah. Leave it on. Uh, you can't really control focus it. I guess a lot of the control is by the standard functionality of a SharePoint site. Yeah. So if I can't edit a list, I can't create or customize a form. True. So most of the control is from there. Mm-hmm. Um, by default, it's my form editing tool, which has strict restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, it's original. Aim was to give you mobile apps to the forms. Yeah, but I'm not saying Power Apps is not a good tool. I'm just saying if you're going to roll out Office 365 to all the 60,000 people in our organization, do I want all those 60,000 people 
to create flows, to create power apps, um, or to do Power BI. Agreed. And I think the other side of the coin is, will they anyway, even if the button was there? True. That's all. Yes, that's always an, an exaggeration. Like, we need to turn that off. No, people will not fucking use it. So. Then why do we have it turned yeah. on? Because mm-hmm. there might people might. You yes. Know, exactly. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Cool. And Power BI? Interesting um, one. Power BI, um, it is... It, it requires an extra license if you want to use it on your SharePoint pages yeah. and stuff like that. Isn't so that a pain in the ass? I don't don't really see uh, that as a as a as an adoption uh, or a rollout issue. No. I wonder whether we'll eventually start seeing uh, forms uh, to have a different kind of license once you want to start putting them into your SharePoint pages. You know, as mm. an example. Yeah. Don't don't bring don't don't give them any ideas. <laughs> oh. I'm sure they've got plenty of oh. ideas yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plenty of ideas themselves, but there you go. Okay. Right. Two more platform. left? Yeah, I think two more left. Uh, True. Let's start with that one. Let's start with this one. No brainer, SharePoint. The big SP. But lots of decisions. So many. So many decisions. <laughs> yes. But uh, most important one, I think, is um, uh, uh, external access. Yes or no? Well, as, as a question to the business, like, do you want to have um, external people uh, to um, enter your um, SharePoint site? I, you made me start realizing how many baseline decisions you need to make. Yeah. So, yes, external access, yes or no. Hub sites, yes or no? Yeah, who can create who sites? Who can create sites? Old one, though, that's yeah. fairly new. Mm-hmm. Site owner responsibilities. Yes. Centralized security. Yeah. Content types. Yeah. Term sets. Although content, is content types really still a thing? I yes, don't know. definitely. You want okay. search to work? Yeah. You have no choice. You, yeah. can't, you can't do refining on search pages without content types and stuff. The only reason I know this is I started <laughs> off about four months ago going, fuck it, don't need to do content types anymore. Yeah. But actually, if you really, really want to do search, especially with our 60,000 farmer people that are all uh-huh. going to be searching for individual kinds of, yeah. of details, products, yeah. drugs, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, yeah. then you don't have no choice. No, sure. The upside, though, is that you can do a lot more with labels. And yes, I was talking. I was thinking about that because we're in pharma. We need retention labels. We need policies uh, for the correct use of our documents, the correct life cycle of our documents. Yeah, yep. and of course, labels and term sets and things are and file plans. They're all kind of coming yep. together. Well, term sets not, but file plans and labeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so very, is very then SharePoint an um, an exemption of our baseline governance? Strategy. That's a great question, isn't it? Because for all the other applications that we've been talking about, we can have like three or four questions that we need to ask the business, and then we can we have more or less a gut feel of how they want to roll it out. With SharePoint, I think different ballpark, much more decisions to be made. So the gut feel is high level, aren't they? They're. Um... Yeah, do I need to do a formal structure or can I just use office groups without a navigation? So Mm -hmm. I I can kind of decide whether I need to do that or Mm. not. So Um, we actually need to have some kind of slider that says on the one hand, 
very secure and that says on the other hand very loose and then the Possibly. business can decide oh i want to have five or i want to have two and two meaning very, very secure so that means nobody can create a new site nobody can uh, have external parties in there or they can have five where people can have create their own sites or create their own libraries or have an automatic creation process and where they can uh, add external people and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Open or closed. So how yeah, open, how yeah, closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how complicated do we want to do the structure? Yeah. Are you doing a migration? Yeah. How yes much, or no? Yeah. How much overhead do you want? So the, the, the five big decisions then. So external access, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Are you doing a migration? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have global navigation? Yes or no. Do you want self-service site creation and how open do you need it? Yeah. There's our five baseline governance that sets the scene. True. But I can guarantee that whatever you choose on those within six weeks when you're actually starting to do the analysis, I think you might end up throwing it away, Yeah. as you say. So maybe it's a good idea in terms of budgeting, setting up, understanding the workload and the potential resources I need. Those five areas are, are probably key. True. True. Cool. Yeah. All right. Last one. Teams. 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 Pet peeve. Teams. Pet mm-hmm. peeve. Yeah. I really like teams. I, I just I just love it. Uh, I think it's so nice how, how it just brings everything together in, in that one application. <laughs> I think there's a couple of things that have made teams grow up. One is the recent release of pinning channels. Yeah. So now that I can do that, potentially, uh, that's changed a whole bunch of stuff. And to me, it's just an app. It's just an app. I'm going to have an Office 365 group from my self-service site creation anyway. So now I have an app that brings all of that content together and adds additional functionality. Is it a no-brainer? Well, the, the, the nice thing is that it brings a lot of these things together. So earlier on... Uh, we had a, a call uh, with a number of people. We did it on Teams. You you were sitting here at your desk. Uh, me and the other guy, we were driving in the car. We just had our uh, online meeting all via Teams. Yeah, but and I could do works. it on Skype. Yeah, true. But I also have my documents there with me. I also have just have everything with me just right there and then. Yeah. Well, we're going to dig down on this one. Uh, I yeah. don't disagree with you. You know that I oh, absolutely no, I pro-Teams. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are some key baseline decisions to do with Teams mm-hmm. um, more than you think. Do I do voice? Do I actually connect my mobile, my PBX in there? Do I need to replace instant message with Teams if I have an external messaging system already or an existing messaging system? Mm-hmm. Do I run them in parallel or not? Um, do I put all of my SharePoint sites as groups so that they appear in Teams? Uh, what connectors do I actually need? So what are we currently using in the organization? And security. That big one is really a key one. External users uh, connecting to Dropbox as an external service. So there is a bunch of high-level stuff there, probably more questions. We've chose the two biggest to last, of course. Absolutely. So uh, the reason why I've been very silent for the last 20 seconds is there is a really good slide from Mark Cashman and Melissa Hubbard they did a presentation at the SPC uh, this year, and they have this one slide with the six questions that you need to ask yourself when you do a Teams rollout. And I think that is one brilliant slide. Uh, 
trouble is I can't find it right away, but I will include it in show notes. Um, and that just those six questions that tell you practically everything that you need to discuss around uh, your team's rollout. In six questions. Yeah. I shall look forward to that slide when we discuss the, uh, the next podcast. Yeah. So that's it. We're done now. Can we get on to the whiskey? Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Hey, look at this. I've been watching the time. Last time, we're at 39 minutes. We nice. took a long time Brilliant. the first time. Brilliant. But I think that's the whole point of, of baseline governance, that we can go through quickly, take a few notes. We've already got a nice two-pager yep. that says these are our short-term targets and our long-term targets. Mm-hmm. This is our MVP for the application. Yeah. So we know where we're aiming for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we've got a, a reasonable offering for the organization yeah Whereas, and then we have a whiskey oh no 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 you're still yeah, talking you about baseline. okay yeah sure yeah. <laughs> um because the old way of doing or if you don't take this approach that we've been talking about here mm-hmm. is you focus just on the sharepoint and email you don't for think example, about the rest yeah, of them yeah. you just go hey let's get email rolled out and then let's get documents onto sharepoint and we'll worry about the rest later and you know that baseline governance where i can go Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the different applications, I can actually go, yeah, that's easy enough to do. We'll do those six anyway. And I'll even just throw them out there while I'm planning my exchange migration and while I'm planning out what to do with SharePoint. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, you know, I can yeah. do that as soon as I've got the Active Directory sync enabled, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So yeah. I think that's quite cool. Yeah. All right. Whiskey. whiskey. Story to tell. You know, I love Irish whiskey. I know I you like do. like Irish whiskey. I know you do. And as you pointed out in the last podcast, we had a choice of five whiskeys, and they're all Scottish. Yeah. Uh, Connemara, Kilbegan, a single grain whiskey is is an incredibly nice uh, whiskey. Um, and uh, the distillery is one of my favorite places. It's the oldest distillery in Ireland. They had a great story about how they kept the license going even when it closed down. Oh, and then okay. the village restored it again. And nice. then sold it to uh, the Cooley organization, and, yeah. and they basically then opened it up and started doing it. And that organization, when I was there, uh, I was there last August, and I heard rumors of the rye, and uh, I saw an announcement from uh, Cashman, John Cashman, uh, who is their uh, ambassador, their whiskey ambassador, uh, that he, this is one of the first things he did when he joined the company, said, we need to do a rye whiskey. It's um, a man of my days. Yeah, exactly. And so they were the first rye whiskey in 100 years because Ireland used to do rye whiskey just to get around some of the tax laws. Yeah, yeah, probably. So so there we go. Um, I think we should read the taste notes on this because uh, what, what do you see the difference between rye and malts? Um, well, definitely taste-wise. So I think it tastes more sugary. It, tastes, it has a more of a, of a rum taste to me. Yeah, I mean, we know when we're like tasting more bourbon burnt, and when burnt we... sugar-ish. Yeah. yeah. The thing about it is, is it's lighter and more subtle, isn't it? So I, I remember at the end of the postcard, remember I couldn't remember the whiskey that we did a comparison for? Oh, yeah. So it was yeah. the Woodford Reserve. The Woodford Reserve, so yes. So I compared yes. the, the And the, they uh, do a brilliant and bourbon and they do a brilliant rye. I know. That is true. I yes. vaguely remember tasting both of them and trying to talk about it at the same time. Yes. At the end of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Uh, so the reason I wanted to get this rye is because of the subtleties, because I like the subtleties. The reason subtleties. that you want to get this rye, yes, <laughs> rye, rye, yes. rye uh, mm-hmm. was because of the subtleties of it. And so okay. you, you, you read this, a small batch rye with the notes of pear, 
melon, soft ginger, and toffee. Okay. So that's what you're aiming okay. for. So yeah, your yeah, toffee yeah. is in here. Mm-hmm. They're building to a crescendo of creamy, warm spice with a finish of buttery vanilla. I like and that. trust me, you're going to get most of those from what I tasted over okay. the weekend. Okay. So enjoy. Okay, so anyway, okay. we, uh, it's on the table waiting, my friend. Yeah. Here you go. I shall... I- Really love the color. I know, isn't it? Because in the bottle, it is. It's it's almost brown, but it's very see-through brown. And in the glass, it's 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 different. It's a bit like light, isn't it? This yes, in, in that it kind of glows. It's not kind of fluorescenty. No, true, true that. But yeah. uh, but there, if you swirl it around the glass, you get very thick tears. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The nose. Yeah, I get those, definitely those pears. Yeah. Yeah, the pears and the toffee. Kind of. Yes. I'm doing it mm-hmm. again. I'm talking. To yeah, the you're I have talking to, find to the a way of doing this. No. I have to get one of those headphones, Mike. Yes. So uh, the toffee you can hear, it's kind of a, yep. a toasted, smoked toffee. No, not smoky, but a um, caramelized toffee. Yeah, true. And to be honest, I don't get a lot of that rye or that typical rye that flavor kind of in flowery. there. That flowery. Yes. No, that's what was different about this. I tasted yeah. that at the weekend and thought, if we, if we look at that rye that we tasted, the bourbon, the Hudson stuff, for example, uh, there's very much uh, more flowery. Oh, but when you taste it, then you get a lot of that typical rye flavor. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I saw the oh. eyebrows. They nearly touched your man bun there. Yeah. When you tasted that, the eyebrows <laughs> nearly went up to the man bun. Oh, wow. Mm, and that burns so nicely through my, through my stomach. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. This is a really enjoyable rye whiskey. It is, isn't it? And it's not like a bourbon. They're not trying it's not, to replicate. No, no. it's got so, its own character, definitely. Much and, more softer, more, more, it's not really intimate, but more introvert. Uh, that's a very, very good description. It's an Irish rye. The other thing is that um, the definition of rye in the U.S., has a specific percentage of rye versus barley. Whereas mm-hmm. here, I believe, I'm just going to check the label to confirm what I think, but uh, I honestly think that that's yeah, not because these, and most these, of this is rye. Yeah, the rules of, for this whiskey are probably over 100 years old. Correct. If it needs to have that amount of rye versus barley. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, to look at it. So. From copper stills and iron wills. That's awesome on the label. I've just read that. <laughs> that is that's a cool From description. Copper stills and iron wills. Yeah, nice. That makes that also makes a really good tattoo. Ah, oh, we were talking about tattoos earlier. Yeah, we? that makes that makes a really cool From tattoo. Copper quote. stills to iron will. Uh, yes. Wills. Yes. The aftertaste is light on a rye though, but it, it always has been. It is. We know that it is. It is. It but I do get on 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 a lot on. of that. No, but well, it 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 doesn't. The taste doesn't get on and on and on. But I still get a lot of that burnt sugar in the back of my mouth, like minutes when I put it away. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this this is a good one. Should yeah. we taste this at um, SharePoint Saturday Belgium? That would be very rare. Although I am told now that you can buy it in Europe because they were saying, okay. oh, we saw it on a website. Okay. But that was in the UK, but whether they'd ship it or not. Oh. 
let me try to see if I can get a bottle of this at a decent price. I will. I don't mind bringing that. We're not going to taste it with that many people. We can be very. Yeah. No, no. we'll see. We'll see about that one. Anyway. Oh, as you take the second and third taste, that um, that creamy vanilla gets even stronger on the back of your tongue. Yeah, absolutely. So then, then it also sticks. It does, because yes. you were talking about the aftertaste. But it gets I already had a few zips and it just, it stuck on the back of my mouth. Well, I have no doubt that that was worth waiting six months for. True. Really, really was worth waiting six months for. Absolutely, yes. Mm. And as we said, this is not really a drinker's whiskey. You don't want to pour four or five of these uh, in a night. Interesting, though, it's not a sipping whiskey either. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't knock I don't it know. back. It's not a shot. No, it's definitely not a shot. No, no, no. No, you, this is one that you need to handle with care and, and mindful of yeah. the drink. Yes. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a good red wine. You take it and enjoy it and chew it. Yeah. It's, it makes you think. It's a tinker's whiskey. A tinker's whiskey. <laughs> yes. The Irish tinker's whiskey. Yeah. I like it very much. Yeah. It was well worth waiting for. I knew it was going to be special. Um, I'm so glad it was because I'd, <laughs> I'd have been so disappointed. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. So how long has this been in the barrel? Does it say? Uh, no, I was going to look that kind up, of but, it, but barrel, it's Irish. No? So I'm yeah. assuming it would be a minimum of three years, probably mm-hmm. four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but equally, they wanted to get it out as soon as, as possible. The first I get rye. that. Yes. So, but uh, then I again, it doesn't doesn't taste like it's it's very young. No, it doesn't taste young. It's got a lot of maturity uh, in there. No. Well, you have to remember the Irish whiskey is based upon the fact that it never freezes in the barrel and it never overheats. True. Yeah. You know, that's why Microsoft have their data centers in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the temperature is so consistent, yeah. so it's a cheap place to have. Mm-hmm. You know, six and a half million SharePoint servers running, you know, without it freezing <laughs> and without it getting hot. Yeah. So the barrels are the same. So a bourbon, for example, in the US will stop um, maturing in the barrel over True. winter because yeah. the temperature drops. And mm-hmm. at night uh, and, and in the summer, of course, when the temperature gets a lot higher. True. And that's that's where you get the characteristic of a, of a rye. Mm-hmm. So in Ireland, mm-hmm. this is a, an interesting taste. Highly, highly recommended. If you get chance to taste this, uh, and I know we have a lot of Americans, and I'm fairly sure they're going to throw this in the American market. But if you yep. see the Kilbegan Irish Whiskey Small Batch Rye, it has the Office 365 distilled seal of approval. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes. Because that is, uh, is really very cool. Very, very cool. Love Alrighty. It. Well, it's nice to have a, a quite a short podcast because the first time we did this one, this part one, took a, a little while. Yes. And uh, I think we did well. We went through a number of those baseline uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, governance items, kind of word where we, we, we thought we would see this and how we would sell it to, uh, to the organization and say, hey, if you do an Office 365, all these applications, this is where I see you as a farmer company, which was our example. And we wanted to do some scenario work on, on the individual applications. True. Now. Yes, so yes. I'm not quite sure how we want to, uh, no. to pan that out. So but let's, we'll, let's, we'll think about let's that. Let's keep on doing that. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. 
So uh, we'll we'll pick one of these apps. We've still mm-hmm. got our our cards here. Uh, we'll pick an app and we'll do a twenty minute uh, bullshit talk around you know one of those apps and scenarios. Yeah. Do what we do best. <laughs> yes. We drink and we know things. We drink and we know things. As someone in some television show once said. So do we know things if we don't drink? Good question. So then we have to decide on that value. Do we drink first and talk later? Would it be a different kind of podcast? Yeah. No idea. Well, to, to be honest, with all the podcasting we've been doing while we were drunk, that uh, doesn't amount to that much. But still, in a, it is fun. In a week's time, of course, we have another tasting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you remember what we're tasting? I can't. Uh, no, we have uh, somebody f- uh, who is presenting three different distilleries to us. Um, a good question, which one they were. No, it's okay. Uh, you keep talking. I'm just yes. uh, having a quick... So we will be going to uh, Haas Verlo, which is our go-to place in Antwerp. Uh, it's my cigar shop for over 10 years now. Uh, but they also have a really nice uh, liquor uh, collection. Yep. And uh, this time, well, every month uh, they do a tasting uh, only for 20 or 25 people, something like that. Yes, and I can't find the uh, the latest details. Uh, it will be on here somewhere. Just That's okay. We'll uh, have that on the, on our uh, episode 21. Uh, we will disclose all the details. And then we'll just have to decide whether or not we're going to talk about all the whiskies we uh, we tasted or not. Yeah, true. So, but that's cool. And if there's anybody in Belgium that wants to come and join us, they better tell us quick because it. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, running out. Yeah, maybe we should talk to them about any of their long-term plans, and maybe we'll uh, put a table together. Oh yes, that, that sounds quite, like good idea. Like we have all six, these good ideas. Six or seven people all combined. Yeah, yeah. that's true, cool. True, 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 true. All right. Well, folks, uh, I think it's time to say goodbye. Um, uh, podcast, I think, was really successful. We like this idea, this baseline governance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've hopefully given people some idea on how they should approach, certainly, I guess, consultants yeah. and contractors, you yeah. know, the yeah. Office 365 stuff. Maybe people that have just rolled out Exchange. Uh, and that you know they've done the kind of cheap deal and and got exchange onto Office 365 because that's a no-brainer. Maybe it's time for them to go through those apps and look at how they might roll them out and put them sure. together. Yeah. Yeah. And the baseline government also, of course, from an adoption perspective and from a management of change, you get a real idea and a solid idea of what it will mean to the end user quickly and easily. So yeah, maybe. Uh, and if anybody needs help doing their baseline governance. Give then you call. can get hold of Sai Steve and you can get hold of Madan Somers on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Yeah. So I'm going to close this down. This yeah. will mean that I get to edit this down quickly. 54 minutes. It's not cool. quite our shortest podcast. Nah, that's okay. But uh, The whiskey deserved the time to be discussed. It does. It does. Now we just need to decide whether you're going to drive home immediately or whether you're going to have another glass or not. I think I might be persuaded to stay for just a little while. Yeah, it's quite early, nah. isn't it? Yeah, so is. on that note, folks, think about us tasting this whiskey. Hopefully you'll get a chance to do it yourself. If you're going to be at uh, uh, SharePoint Saturday in Belgium uh, in October, then we'll have a whiskey for you to taste. All you have to do is to give us a really cool question as part of the live podcast, 
and you'll get yourself a token to join us in the tasting at the end and give your opinion on uh, what we think is a rather special whiskey. So, so yeah. Yes. So it's a good night from Steve Dolby. And good night from me as well. All right, folks. Night-night. Cheers. <laughs>